And it's really incredible like how this industry, you can always learn more, you can always grow. And it's so cool working a job where if you work more, you can make more money. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is your host, Elliot Hoyt, and I have the pleasure today of being joined by Christina Leavenworth. Christina was on the show in 2019, and we're kind of stopping back in here to do a recap and see where she's at, and if there's any gems we can pick up from her how to run our business in this uh, ever-changing market. Christina, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much for having me, Elliot. I'm so excited. I, I'm excited too. So some background information, uh, Christina and I actually met at the uh, Real Estate Rockstars event in, it was in March or April, Christina? I can't remember of 2020. I, I think it was actually May. May, May? okay. <laughs> I, time, time flies when you're having fun. It, it really does. It seems like an age ago, but also seems like it was just yesterday too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Christina and I hit it off and I was asked uh, if I could host this episode and kind of dig deep and understand a little bit more about her and, and maybe share some of the things that her and I spoke about too when we were at the event. Um, Christina, let's have a little bit of a, a background conversation. So you were on the show in 2019. Um, it's been several years. Tell us a little bit about your story about how you got into real estate and, and a little bit about your journey to this point. Absolutely. Uh, so my past was in television news. I was a news anchor for many years and reporter. Uh, the crazy people that you see thrown into the hurricanes, that was me. And there's a point where you don't want to be thrown into hurricanes anymore and wake up at 2 a.m. to go to work. I love my job, but believe it or not, there's not a lot of money in it. So you're spinning wheels and it's a passion thing. But once you kind of lose that passion a little bit, you wake up and go, okay, like, where do I want my life to be? What's next? So I got my real estate license in 2016 when I was pregnant uh, because I couldn't drink wine or jump off of tall things. I thought it would be something to do to kind of keep me from being too bored. And I really thought it was just going to be some part-time thing, you know, help out a friend here or there, maybe buy properties for myself. And then very quickly realized that real estate was my passion. It's what God has always wanted me to do. So um, I jumped full in. Well, pretty full in 2017, but I could not leave my TV job. And the brokerage I joined said, we don't take part-time agents. So I said, all right, I will work two full-time jobs. So I, I worked two full-time jobs from summer of 2017 until early 2019, uh, doing both. And a lot of people often think that the TV background and connections opened a lot of doors. It didn't because I wasn't really allowed to tell anyone I was doing real estate because my primary job was TV. So I had to find really creative ways just by word of mouth, hardly any social media, hardly any marketing to build a business. But I think it was a blessing because it was boots on the ground. It was knocking on doors. It was doing really anything. Whereas if I hadn't have had that restriction, I think I would have leaned on the TV side and wouldn't have gotten that like boots on the ground experience. Now, was that a contractual thing where you weren't able yeah. to say that? It was a contractual thing, okay. It was a contractual thing. Um, There's just limitations on what you can and can't say because my job and my face were still attached to the TV station. So how, uh, you've probably been asked this a thousand times, but I'm going to ask it because everyone's probably thinking the same thing. How on earth, everyone knows it's in real estate, whether, I mean, even if you're in it in, in a part-time capacity to an extent, 
it's not really part-time, it's still full-time. How did you juggle, um, how did you schedule your days being, you know, a mother, a new mother, being a news anchor and running a new business? How did that look? Or did you not do it very well? Yeah, um, it was crazy in my house. Uh, My husband would probably say it was not very well, uh, just because I was working all the time. But the why was so strong, it didn't feel that way. Um, I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel. I had to get through that. There was a lot of Red Bull involved. Uh, I was fortunate because I did, at that time, I worked weekends at the TV station from 2 p.m. until midnight. So I'd have all morning to do what I needed to do on the weekends. And then during the week, I would have uh, two days off completely. And then the other one I worked, you know, eight to four at that point or nine to five. I was no longer on that early morning schedule. When I first started, I was, I worked 2 a.m. till about noon. And I would then go show houses till about five or six and then sleep from seven till about two and go to work. And that's what I did at the beginning. But once my schedule changed to the weekends, it gave me two full days during the week, two almost full days on the weekend. I would just work at night. And then I'd be able to show houses in the evening. So it it really wasn't as bad. And I guess this is all perspective. I knew what I wanted to do. So it was like, I just had to do it. And it was my means to the end. And I just didn't even think, I was so busy. I didn't have time to think like, hey, this is really hard. This is a lot of work. It was just so fun too at the beginning. Like every time you get a deal and it's still fun. It was like the adrenaline rush of it was so much fun where I remember my first deal, um, I sold a $37,000 trailer and I probably, and I double-sided it. So my commission was probably like $2,000 and I was so excited to have $2,000 because in TV, you just don't get big bonuses. You don't get big pay. So I think coming from an industry where you don't get paid a lot, you're just so grateful and that you can run off of like, you can run off of that for a while. That definitely resonates with me. I, I have a similar story in that I, I had to juggle basically being an Uber driver full time at the same time, and then again, kind of like you, my what my first uh, my first listing and sale was a, a home out of mountain home, which is like a forty five minute drive from from Boise. Um, and and again, I think after I played my splits and all the things that I had been basically carrying debt over for the past three months, I think I ended up with about three thousand or something dollars too. Um, but you're you're hundred percent right. There's kind of that there's a aha moment kind of a real estate right where it's like, hang on a second, I can make this much money with one. Imagine if I can do exactly. 10 of these in, in, a, in a month, right? And, and and on that note, so you didn't just do a little bit of real estate and work full-time as an anchor and be a mother. You actually were pretty good at the real estate side. How many homes did you sell in that first year? The first year I sold 65 homes, um, working another job and uh, not having a team, not having any of that. And I just, you know, again, it was a fight or flight thing that had to work. I needed a way out of the TV job. I was kind of carrying, I was, you know, carrying more of the bills of our family and I just needed it to work. And I think that why needs to be so strong in you and that'll help for sure. Absolutely. I think that that why, right, gives you that kind of fallback when things are tough and emotionally it's hard. You have to think about that why, right? It kind of gets you through the harder times. Um, absolutely so let's talk a little bit about location where are you where are you at not, not right now i know you're in france right now yeah. if everyone that's listening christina is in france for how many weeks uh gosh i don't want to say because you guys will all hate me uh i think five weeks total that's, so we can talk about how you can get your business to a point where you can be in france for five weeks versus working two full-time jobs and all that stuff so it's yeah. been i think you and i started around the same time in 2017 or so getting into real estate and it's really incredible like how this industry, you can always learn more. You can always grow. 
And it's so cool working a job where if you work more, you can make more money. And coming from a job I had, the more you worked, you didn't make any more money. You're just more tired. <laughs> You're just um, more at risk for other things. So that is such a fun thing to be able to do, you know, especially if you and I both have like an athletic background. The more you train, the better you get. And that's cool being in an industry where you see those results. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm in Pensacola. So my base is Pensacola, Florida. That is very far from Miami or other parts of Florida. We are right there on the Alabama state line. Uh, we have a strong military presence there. Um, we also, like the rest of Florida, have just experienced tons of growth since COVID of people wanting to be in our state. So we have had some phenomenal years for sure. Absolutely. So when you look at the, uh, the, the purchase price, average purchase price in 2017, 2018, when you first got in versus now, how much has that gone up median for you in, in kind of your sales? Yeah, so it was 180000 back when I first started. I think mine was probably closer to like 125, 150. Uh, now, um, I was pulling numbers yesterday. Uh, the average in June was 412 in our market. So that is a big, big, big difference. So I think everyone is looking back on it, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. We should have bought every single house we could in 2017 and found a way to finance it. But you just don't know the things that you know now. Uh, but yeah, we've seen a huge difference um, in our market for sure. So our average price point is pretty much right there as the rest of the market, right around like 412. We help the millionaires. We help uh, the everyday people. We help the teachers, the police officers. We help everyone. Perfect. Perfect. Now that's, yeah, that's a pretty big jump. Yes. That's basically three and a half X roughly, right? Three yeah. and a half, almost four X. So um, yeah, that's, that's changed. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening have seen similar changes, you know, especially the longer they've been in this business all across the country. Um, yeah. It's interesting kind of the times we're going into, but yeah, definitely three and a half to four X is, is quite crazy. So obviously, you know, 65 homes in your first year. Um, and obviously you've grown since that point. Now you keep, you keep referencing we talk a little bit about we, how has this gone from being you or you on your own to, to where you're at right now? Yeah. So in 2019, once some of my contractual obligations with the TV station were no longer in effect, I thought, okay, it's time to start a team. And I think um, a lot of people do approach me and ask me like, hey, when do you know when it's time to start a team? For me, it took me a long time to give up control. And it was just, I knew how to control me. I knew what to do. It was the point where you were dropping balls, where again, maybe a sign call is coming in and you're too busy putting out another fire to be able to nurture a lead, open house. You're not doing as many open houses. One person can only do so much. And I think, yes, it was 65 by myself. And then once I added a team member, we got to 100. And I just was able to see that we can do a better job with ha having a team overall. So I got my first teammate. It was just me and her. Neither one of us knew what to do at all. And we, we had no CRM. We were just so unorganized. Like looking back on it, it's like, oh my gosh, if I would have had a CRM. Uh, we just, you know, felt like we were like running around like chickens with our head cut off. But we were selling a lot of houses, helping a lot of people. And then more and more people started to kind of hear about our culture. Uh, my team, I don't say you must only work with buyers. I get all the listings. Uh, to me, why limit them there? Um, absolutely. You can have listings. And that was something that was attractive to a lot of people. 
uh, hey, market yourself. It doesn't need to be my face on everything. We can market you. I just did some stuff that was a little bit different in the industry, and that was attractive to a lot of people. Uh, so I went from one team member up to, I think at the most, I've had seven or eight, where we've been a team of nine. I think right now we're a team of eight. Uh, we've seen some attrition since I've been there, but man, I've learned so much about just management, uh, being a leader, so many different things on the team lead side versus being a realtor. And sometimes like looking back on them, like, okay, it's a lot more fun when it's just, you know, 30 to 45 days, bringing people champagne at the closing table versus, you know, some of the other stuff when you are doing life with other people, you go through their, you know, highs and their lows and just learning how to work with them where they're at. Um, I do think one of my superpowers is staying in for the long haul. I'm not going to give up on someone just because they're having a bad season of their life. Um, let's work through it because we've invested time into each other. And then, you know, if we both feel down the road that we're not a fit, we're going to have that conversation together. And that's not, it won't be a fun conversation for either one of us. Absolutely. And, and I, I want to, you, you, you picked up some gems here for me to kind of dig into and I'm going to yeah. try my, try my best to remember them with my football brain here. Um, <laughs> I try my best to remember them, but I want to, before I, I, I ask you a little bit more about the kind of the value adds in your team. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the structure? So you said you got seven or eight of you right now, any given time, basically. Um, did, what what did your admin situation look like as far as like assistance and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I have one full time assistant who also serves as our transaction coordinator. We use Follow Up Boss as our CRM, and we have been able to figure out how to use that for transaction management as well. Uh, so that's what we use, where it's pretty automated. The next step is to hopefully hire a full time marketing person to help with the team and do that and then kind of grow as we need it. Not everyone on the team utilizes the assistant um, as an assistant or a transaction coordinator. Some do. Uh, right now, she is okay with the workload we're giving her. Um, if we need more, we'll get more. But I, I think some people build the highway before the cars get on it. I think my personality has been kind of like, take, like, make it like squeeze as tight as you can and then go, okay, we need another. Um, but it's worked for me. You know, it's worked for me because it's kind of been where I'm at. Um, a lot of times people say, should I go full-time automatically? For some people, maybe you should. For me, going part-time, not part-time, but having that um, security blanket of the other job, having that uh, to me, A, it taught me really good time management and how to do things quickly and efficiently and get it done. And it's just, again, I think I, think I needed that security, uh, jumping all in. Maybe would have been too scary. Maybe there would be commission breath. I don't know. But for me, that wasn't what I needed. Got it. Got it. So is there anything that you would have maybe done differently looking back when kind of growing out your team? Because you mentioned, you know, some people kind of build the highway, then bring the cars, others have the car, then the highway. Um, is there anything that you would have liked to have tried differently or experimented with? That? Absolutely. Um, I think, and again, it's one of those coulda, shoulda, woulda things. Um, I wish I would have had very clear team standards on what I, expectations are and what it's going to look like. But I don't think I had any idea being baby real estate, Christina, versus who I am today, versus the things I've learned today. I was just doing the best I could at that point. So that's something that we've implemented saying, hey, um, we want a positive atmosphere. We, you need to dress professionally, like very like basic stuff. Um, don't be a you know, problem person, be a solution seeker. Um, all these things that we know are important, but then if you have issues, you can go back to that and say, hey, remember we talked about how that is one of our team standards. That's important to us. 
I also wish we would have used a CRM. Like, and we had one. We had one with our brokerage. Just no one used it. It was notes on phones. It was an Excel sheet somewhere. Nothing was automated. And it's insane we were able to do as well as we did without having one. Uh, but now, now we do team huddles Monday through Thursday. Uh, I do one-on-ones with them. We, I check where they're at on their, like, their CRM. Are they making the calls they need to? So it's all stuff that, you know, I've learned over time. And, you know, I think sometimes, again, if you're not there yet, it's hard to imagine a space where you're like, oh, I'm doing a team huddle with seven agents at once when you're just trying to learn how to write a contract, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's definitely a lot of variety there. And and, and again, you and I are both, I think, similar um, positions to an extent. Um, I'm a broker, but I run my brokerage more like a team. So I think we've got a lot of similarities there. It's a lot more of a a kind of a team atmosphere. Um, And and yeah, I think for me personally too, managing expectations and managing people is probably the hardest part of my job. It's almost like the clients become easy, right? Because although every client's different, every situation that comes up in a transaction to an extent, you've seen a variation of it before. When it comes to managing personalities and people on a day-to-day basis, that's a very challenging situation. I think for me personally, I, I definitely deal with things with candor quite often. And I've had to learn over time that different people and different personalities require different kind of nurturing, right? You can't treat one person, one member of your team the same as the other because they may perceive different kind of, they get different ideas from what you could say one thing to one person and one thing to the other person. And they look at it completely different from different kind of lenses, right? Yeah, that's been difficult for me too. And I never expected that to be difficult at all because I get along with most people. But again, the way you say something or the telephone game gets started and something that you never said, somehow somebody thinks you said, and that has been interesting, just seeing that the different dynamics of that and learning. But just like when we first started real estate, where, you know, termites sometimes are a big deal in Florida, someone had termites, it was the end of the world, I got so stressed out telling them. And now it's like, hey, you have termites, a guy's on his way to fix it. Uh, Just want to let you know, like, it, it, you know, you learn how to do it. Whereas I think with this, there'll be personal development enough. Like I understand your concern, you know, and then you get through it. Um, Hopefully being able to, you know, manage emotions and personalities um, a better way. At least that's my hope for all of us. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. One of the things that that I've done with with my team up here in Boise to help with the expectations is um, the last couple of weeks and even months, um, as motivated as I've been um, individually, I'd kind of felt like, okay, where's the team headed? We're kind of just showing up to work each day and, and kind of doing our thing, but there's not really been a massive vision for the future. So we've been kind of working on some goals to put together. And one of the things that we did that was super helpful for setting the expectations is we are finalizing our team's core values. And that's something I want to share um, with you too. I mean, like I said, this is a, a much more of a conversational episode more than anything, yeah. but that's something that has been really helpful for us. We set up seven core values, basically. And those core values, they, they kind of stop from excuses, right? Because once you know what mm-hmm. the standard is, it's kind of hard to back out from that. So I wish Absolutely. I'd done it sooner though. You know, I wish I'd, I wish I'd done it a year ago versus trying to implement it now after these habits are kind of set in, you know? Absolutely. And I know it's not rocket science. Like we've all heard, you need to create standards. You need to have a company vision. But when you're trying to sell homes, you're trying to like grow the team, teach people how to do the basics, like, oh, I'll do that later until then you get down the road, you go, oh man, I really should have done that when people told me to do it. But again, I think it's just one of those things you get to that, like bursting at the seams point, you go, okay, I need it. And now these are my standards and you just bring them back to that, you know, and you know, you're like, here's what we believe in. This is what we all talked about. So, I mean, it's, it's been so much fun and a cool journey. And that's what I love again, like just how you can 
it's kind of like being in the news. We were able to be in a courtroom one day and be an attorney. Then we were able to be on a football field covering an awesome game and being a, a coach or a sports reporter, then doing the weather and being a meteorologist. As um, a real estate agent, you can be a CEO, you can be a salesperson, you can be an accountant, and you kind of have to be all those things. And there's so many different ways that you can grow in personal development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you definitely hit the nail on the head that you wear so many different hats, which is part of the fun, but also some of the headaches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think so, sometimes I think a lot of people get hung up on how can I minimize, uh, minimize doing things that I'm not good at, which is great. But like you just said, sometimes you kind of go through those and you have to realize sometimes the extent of what it is you're doing and how much help you need. Um, I, I've always been a fan of trying to at least try and learn to do something mm -hmm. like one of those skills, whether I'm trying to, you know, be in a, a low level accountant, not never an attorney because we're not licensed attorneys here, mm. but yeah, definitely. I think getting some experience in those things, then you kind of realize, okay, this is kind of how I need to delegate. Cause you kind of realize how crappy certain jobs are, right? Things you don't want to do. You realize real quick what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Rivity Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used LineDesk. I've used Conversion. And I think follow-up gives you the most integrations mm -hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race of follow-up boss. Purely objective. Follow-up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow-up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. So uh, th this is this is one I think is going to be a, a, an interesting, interesting question with an interesting answer. Um, we, we see a lot of... Uh, turnover with real estate brokerages and real estate teams generally speaking right there's a lot of agents that kind of will hop from one place to the other 
Um, and I'm, again, in a season of growth with my team. So I'm always interested to see other people's perspective on this. What would you say your main, it could be singular or multiple, what are the main value adds that you bring to your team that you think, you know, not just brings them value, but you think is going to make them kind of stick around for a longer term? Definitely the culture. I think the culture is huge. Uh, we're, we're a family, you know, um, we all really get along and it's really important to me to keep that intact. Um, somebody with a negative attitude, it can be like a cancer and it spreads. So just trying to keep it where it's fun. Uh, right now, some of my team members, they're doing an independent contest that has like nothing to do with me. And that's almost like when it gets weird, you're like, do you even need me anymore? Where they're doing like their own call contest for, to do listing appointments. And whoever uh, wins, the other people have to buy them lunch. And they thought of this and did this, which is really, really cool. Uh, I think it's the team as a whole that attracts people. I also have a ton of leads, a ton of leads. Um, we are one of the top teams in the market. So people see the numbers. Uh, last year, we sold 200 homes. Uh, so by units sold, I think we're number three in the market. We're like two to three in the market. Um, volume, it's different. You know, we don't have the, you know, some people in the market, their average price point is like one and a half million. That's not ours. But by units sold, we're really high. So people see that. And um, I, think, I think it's the training. I think it's the camaraderie. And I think it's the leads. Uh, if you're a new agent, like you will make money on my team. Most agents on my team uh, that are working every day and doing the things that we tell them to do are clearing six figures. Um, whether you're a brand new agent, whether you're a seasoned agent, we see that. The people that didn't on the team, they had like personal stuff going on that year uh, where they had to take a few months off. That's great. That's, um, yeah, it seems the fact that you give me an answer so quickly and so Define shows me that you definitely know what you're doing. Uh, and that seems to be one of the biggest uh, issues, I think, for, for new agents. Honestly, in agents in general is leads, right? Because at the end of the day, a lead, you know, a person, a lead, whatever you want to call it, they're the ones that bring business. What what do you what are you doing to get those leads? Are you do you have like a Zillow system? Do you have anything or something else? Maybe you could share some. Yeah. So we were doing Zillow. Zillow, just the the quality of the leads started to get bad. Uh, we did great with Zillow last year. I believe 60 of our 200 uh, originated in some way, shape, or form from Zillow. So we did great. Then overall, the agents told me that, hey, Christina, we're not getting the same types of calls. Um, we're getting people that want to do zero down financing on a $100,000 loan, which was no longer working in our market. Uh, those types of things were going to cash. Uh, they were just getting not great leads. So we switched. Um, and we're doing YLOPO with follow-up boss. So that is just, you know, like SEO type of leads that they bring in. So that has been pretty productive. Um, also, um, sending out like handwritten cards and we use a service to do that. Um, we've been doing that. That's been successful. Um, we I have a huge sphere, a very big sphere and, um, a strong name in town. Oh, last but not least, radio ads. Radio I was, I was hoping you. So I was hoping you. Radio hit that. ads. I was hoping radio you hit that. We, we we had a we had a long conversation yeah. down in Austin at the Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind, and, and Christina said I do radio ads, and I was like, oh great, like uh, I guess you you're really good at that because you're on TV. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, what do you mean? I mean, you have the voice and you know how to deliver. She goes, no, it's a lot, lot more subliminal than that. Can you tell the good folks listening yeah. what why it's not what I thought it was and probably what not what yeah. they're thinking is. Yeah. So radio ads. So I partnered with a talk show radio station and there are two people, one that's really popular on the AM drive and someone who's really popular on the PM drive. 
and we don't have a ton of traffic like Los Angeles or anything, but um, it is a station that people listen to because they cover local news. So while he is delivering the news, um, I think two times a morning, he then goes, hey, something about the real estate market, blah, blah, blah. I need to tell you about this girl, Christina Leavenworth. You hear me talk about her all the time. Her and her team, they promise that they can sell your home on average, like less than five days. They promise that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. Call her today. By the way, did I say I love Christina Leavenworth? So it's, it's something like that. Um, and it's great because it's not just people that listen to it. Um, it's someone that's friends with someone that listens to it. And they're saying, I'm thinking about selling my house. Well, you have to call Christina Leavenworth. So it's, it's been really good. And then that combined with the other marketing, us doing mailers, us doing postcards, uh, Facebook ads, all that other stuff, it just works really, really well. Um, because maybe they're thinking of someone else and then they see something from like our team and they go, oh yeah, I forgot about, yeah, Christina Leavenworth, she's supposed to be really good. Yeah, it's kind of get hitting them in those multi-channels, right? You can't escape it. If it's in your mailbox, it's on your social media, it's on your radio in your car, you kind of feel stupid, yeah. right? For not reaching out, at least having that phone call. Yeah, and that's another message I've said. I, I've, he's asked me, he's like, what do you, is your like vision and goal with this? I'm like, I want every single seller in our area to at least give us a shot, at least invite us in and see what we can offer. If they decide to go with someone else, I totally get it, but give us a shot. And so that's what I hope that his message is. And half the time, I don't even hear him. So every now and again, I hear it and you get kind of shy. You're like, oh my gosh, he's talking about me. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> that's that's great. So what what's the cost like on on these radio ads? What's the the kind of cadence and what is the cost and also what's the return? What are you seeing back on these? So I um, used a radio consultant and I can give you his information offline. I did that just because I didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, so I believe it's three thousand dollars a month, and it's hard to track though. Like you need to be able to like go with this for a while. You know, I would give it six months. I mean, for me, I give pretty much anything six months to see if it works or not. So um, we get a good amount of calls, but it's hard again to know, do they hear it from the radio? Do they hear about it from a friend? Is, do they see something on Facebook where, how they heard about me? It's just it's branding. So um, people that say like, I heard about you from the radio, it's probably 20 listings a year. So, I mean, it more than pays for itself. That's uh, yeah, that's an obscene number. I mean, if you look at that, I mean, let's say your average is 400 and you got 20 listings, that's 8 million, right? Yeah, great yeah, math, that's yeah, yeah, that's so that's huge. That, that ROI. I mean, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna do some rough math here on my phone. So you're talking about spending three thousand a month. And let's say you do six months, you're looking at eighteen thousand, and you're selling eight million. Now, depending on the market, well, let's say in, ten if it's half. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're looking at so I guess it's in a year. We can call it thirty six thousand. Let's say you're set, you're spending thirty six thousand a year, roughly, right? If you do mm -hmm. all twelve months and you do twenty listings in a year. At eight million, you're looking at uh, a gross a GCI roughly of probably about two hundred forty thousand. You back out yep. your numbers you spent. You're talking about two hundred a two hundred k return. So that's a pretty significant, <laughs> pretty significant it's well uh, worth return, it. right? Yeah, it's, it's a, that's well a, worth it. A five six x. So, do you think that that is that's that can be replicated in other markets, or do you think it's more suited because of the way Pensaco Pensacolans, if that's even the word, consume their advertising? Um, I think it can be done in any market. I think that news radio is one of those mediums that will always be alive, local news radio, because um, some markets probably have it on a podcast, but so many people are listening to podcasts, audible books, 
that sort of thing. If you want to get your news quickly, it's an easy way to consume your news. Um, and I think that it's alive and well in most markets today. I think that, you know, music radio stations, and I don't know, I don't know the research, but just based on my listening habits, I don't listen to that a ton. Would, would you say that radio, if you had to just have one form of marketing, would you retain radio? If someone said you can only have one type yeah. of marketing you could use, it would be just yeah. radio. I would keep radio for a few reasons. Um, so I pretty much have a non-compete. So the two people that promote me, at least in this market, they're not allowed to promote someone else. So I'm never giving that up. <laughs> I'm holding that on for the rest of my life. Uh, so that's, that's how it is. So if they change something in it, that's different, but they're only allowed to do that for me. So you'll hear it sometimes when they talk about like, hey, Frontier Motors, go there. They have the best used car. There's other things. If you start listening to your local news radio, you're like, oh, that's an ad. Because a lot of times it sounds like a news story. And then when you listen to it all the time, you're like, oh, okay, that, that's an ad. Yeah, the subliminal marketing that's the, in, in a way. Well, it's not, it, it, is, it really is marketing in your face once you recognize it. But I guess yeah. those, tra those transitions are so smooth from a, you know, a talking piece on a talk, uh, you know, whatever happens. Yeah, it's not canned. It's not canned. It's not recorded. You hear someone um and awe, which is kind of good sometimes when you're hearing from somebody because it shows they're real. So you hear him get through it. He does it ad lib. I, I don't think he memorizes anything or has a script. Every so often, he's like, Christina, what's new in the market? And I'll tell him something new. He's like, got it. Cool. I'm like, roll with it. Do whatever you want. It's working. So That's great. That's, yeah, it sounds very organic and very natural, um, which is great. I, I, I got to listen now. Maybe you'll find you can share, uh, share a snippet with me because I'm really interested to see how these, how these yeah. come off. Um, yeah, every now and again, they send me like a uh, replay or like an air check. So if I get one, I'll send it your way. Yep. But if I didn't have money and I was a new agent, social media. That's what I did when I began. Um, I was not able to do much. I wasn't able to put my name out there, but all the social media groups, Facebook marketplace, Instagram, there's so many ways to do it that you can connect with people. Even if you like search in a group under a keyword school, if they're asking about a good school, they're probably moving here. You know, that's someone to reach out to. Um, and just, and if you're like in the area and you have a sphere, I know a lot of people are apprehensive to post on social media. I don't know why they are. Just do it. It's a free commercial for you all the time. And I tell agents on my team and other people that ask me, no one is ever going to be mad at you for being too persistent or seeming like you like your job too much. Uh, that's a great thing to have. If I, I have a friend who's a surgeon and I always talk about her. She loves surgery. She's passionate about helping people. She is so excited about it all the time. She's not saying, oh man, I've been on call the past three weeks, uh, worked another 15 hour day, uh, Medicare. We don't hear any of that. She's telling me the positive and like what fuels her. And I think the same thing with real estate. And she posts about being a surgeon. And I'm like, if I needed surgery, that's who I want to go to. And I think the same thing with realtors, like be passionate about it, be proud, post it, talk about your wins, uh, you know, and don't say I'm tired or I've been so busy. Those are like just negative things to say. So it's just, yeah, coming in, being excited about what you do and telling everyone about it. That's a big one for sure. And you, you really killed it with that one. I see a lot of agents, you know, whether new or established, that are always bragging about how busy they are. And, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe it's maybe it works for them. I don't know. I just know from my perspective, kind of similar to you, the way I look at it is if I am a if I'm a prospective buyer or seller the last thing I want is to feel like a number, right? So I kind of want to know, mm. I want to know my agent's busy because they're learning or they're being resourceful, but not because they're just busy to be busy because it kind of looks unorganized sometimes, right? Yeah, or like, oh my gosh, so exhausted after a long day of showings. 
I don't really want you to be my agent. I want someone who has the strength and energy to like, I'll do one more. Can't wait to open another door. Can't wait to write a contract. I, I think it's just about messaging. It's about say, you know, it's just, I don't want to say the humble brag, you know, it was such an honor to be able to help uh, this veteran find their lifelong home. Or I learned a great thing about real estate today. Hey, check out this article from the Wall Street Journal. And there's so people ask me, well, what do I post? There's a million things you can post. Uh, try to add value, you know, go to like keeping current matters. There's usually a million graphs there on market trends and just do things like that. And none of that to me says I'm so busy. It means that I'm just passionate about what I do. That's great. That's great. So right now, I'm assuming that you are kind of the mastermind behind all your marketing, but you're looking to bring someone on. Is that is that what you, you remember you said something about that earlier? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just need someone who can take the time to create graphics. Um, I really want to do more to brag on my team. Um, I think that they need that um, when they're selling houses, when they have wins, to brag on them. And that's something that I want to do. And I just haven't had the time and I'm realizing that I put other things in front of that and that's been a pattern. So bring someone in where it's their sole job to do it. And also they may force me. I'll say, Hey, every Monday I am doing video. You're going to have me do it. I, I think that that's the next tool we need uh, because they come to me saying, I want to market. And I say, okay, what do, what do you want? Let's do it. And then I don't follow up with it type of thing. So I think, I think that'd be the next uh, tool that we need to really get to the next level. So where you're at right now, um, as an agent and, and what you're selling, can you talk to me a little bit about what your year to date has been like sales wise and where you're projected just your own individual production? So my goal really has been to get out of production. I think I bet some of you guys some good that, money. That, at this that, conference. That, that, that's what, that's where I was going with this. You, yeah, you're you're I, leading I me right into it. I, yeah. I, right now you guys are looking like you're getting some money because it's been hard. So my goal is to get out of production. And that was part of me going to France. Uh, I knew it would push me out. I'm still doing huddles with them. I'm still managing. I'm still helping. Uh, but there was some good friends that came to me like right as I was leaving. I was like, oh, I need to help them. So I'm trying to get out of it. Off the top of my head, I don't know how many I've sold personally this year. Um, I know since our conference we went to in May, it's been significantly less where I've, and I've, I have to trust the team. I have to trust that they are going to seal the deal. And they are, they totally are. It's just hard taking that first baby step when it is a listing of a good friend where, you know, like they love you and all that. And it's a little bit about ego where it's a little hard there. Um, but yeah, so that's my goal. Um, you know, right now our team has sold a hundred year to date or so it's like 98 or 102. I don't know exactly what it is. And we've sold 30 million. Um, we have, I think 27 pending right now. So we have a really big pipeline. We have nine or 10 listings hitting the market. And my, yeah, my team is awesome. They have energy. Like they, they can do that where, you know, when if you're overextended, you're going to drop balls. Like we can keep them going for long enough, but my team, like they, if they have a listing, they're doing that open house. They are there. They are posting it on marketplace. They're doing everything they need to do to get it sold. And so I know we, that. Yeah, uh, that, that's great. I know we chatted a little bit in, in Austin about um, where we were both at. And um, I know that I'm, I'm at an inflection point in my career too, because I'm, I guess I'm slightly different priorities to you. I'm a little bit younger, no kids. Whereas yeah. you're 
marginally older and have kids and you're kind of like trying to segue off and i i know we had a conversation not 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 an argument but more of a like okay well what do you want out of life kind of conversation because we're both yeah. trying to figure out what you know makes sense because relinquishing that power is tough and i personally feel like i still have several years left of good production in me but at the same time i do get kind of tired by the end of the week on certain stuff so i definitely yeah, envious and you're finding that kind of equilibrium it's it's not like even a tired thing or not I think it's just, you know, I want to be able to go on a cruise for a week and not the entire world come crashing down. And for so long, it was, you know, this, this, the, the law of real estate, the second you go on vacation, everyone wants to buy or sell a house and you can't relax because you are sitting there having to hold so many hands where I just, I think I've transitioned out of that where you have, I mean, at any given time when I was in solo production, I had, I think at one time, 27 homes solo under contract, no transaction coordinator, no assistant. That's a lot of stressed out buyers and sellers calling you and texting you. And that is what wears on me a little bit is their stress, you know? And again, we, we get better with it the more we do do it. But it's just, I think that's where I was like, I want to shift more into growing the team and grow it and being more of a team leader and manager and letting them do that. Because I think that we will ultimately grow faster and bigger if I take myself out of individual production because I can be there for them. So that, I mean, my goal is to sell a thousand homes a year. So I still want to make money and do all that. Just, I won't be the one personally sitting down with sellers and them calling and texting me. Um, Cause yeah, I don't mind picking up my phone at nine. That's never an issue. It's just, I think, I don't think I can grow if I stay in, in production. And I think that, I think that maybe I didn't communicate that super well then, but maybe I didn't even know that. I think it was, I, I was the one holding myself from getting to the next level. And that's why I have to remove myself from it. You may have answered this question with the last thing you just said, but what do you need to do to get to that thousand mark? Now that's a long, that's a big, obviously it's a long, long projections and extent because if you're at you know 200 this year that means you have to basically 5x the business what are the next steps you need to take to basically 5x your business i really think an operations manager would be needed i think that that would be huge finding that right person is going to be difficult somebody that has different skills than i do with the team i'm a great cheerleader i love being there for them as far as holding them accountable sometimes i'm not that great with that um, because I understand this is a business where you work for yourself, but if you join a team, you kind of, you know, don't, um, when they tell me that they had a really long, bad day, I don't want to be that one being like, well, did you do your calls? Uh, an operations manager would be better. And I get to do the things I like, which would be the video, the marketing, um, and, you know, uh, motivating them and telling them what a great job they, they've done doing that and getting an operation manager in there. And then I think also a full-time marketer. I think those two would really help. And I need to shift my attention from you know, dealing with deals to recruiting new agents. I've had a lot of people reach out to be on the team. However, I really do want quality over quantity. That's super important to me. And I had to first fix the current team and define the standards and define the vision before I started growing more. And that's the space we're in now is, hey, I've told you what the vision is. I've told you the standards. Um, let's make sure everyone is in line with that. And then from there, go out and be like, here's exactly what we're doing. So again, I, I grew too fast and didn't know. And now it's like, I have an opportunity to do this slower and do it right. It seems like you've got a pretty good grasp on where you're at. I think that's part of the, the, sorry, that is the first step, I think, in trying to get to where you want to get to is kind of realizing your deficiencies, right? Trying to figure out what the problems I need to solve. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And I know that. I know that. And I've been a victim of going, well, let me grow. Let me just do that and figure it out later. But it's like, no, right now is really important. Uh, all that stuff that people told you about vision and standards and implementing them and getting good systems in place. Now is that time to do that? Because if I don't, then that highway will crumple. So now it is where it's like, okay, the highway's been built. Now it's like, I am building the highway bigger because I have the time and the money to do so. A newer agent typically doesn't have the time or the money to do it. That's why I'm like, sometimes that highway just has to grow due to too many cars being on it and you're making dirt roads on the sides, you know? So yeah, that's, that's, no, that's, that's a great point. And, and so right now it's, it's July 6, 2022. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, not global unrest. Maybe it is global unrest. I don't know what you call it. There's a lot of uncertain times right now. What are you doing right now to put yourself in a position where you're leveraged to be successful moving forward in times that are somewhat uncertain? You know, our market is a little bit more insulated on that because we have the military. So we have a constant influx of people coming in and out. Uh, just education. Um, I think that, honestly, we have so many buyers still lined up waiting for homes. Uh, we are good to go there. Um I, I, don't, I don't see it impacting us too much at this time. Uh, we are getting more creative on ways to help home sell. Uh, so I've been talking a lot with my agents about that, being like, hey, the things we didn't have to do, I think we need to do now. Um, we're going to pay for homes to have a professional deep cleaning prior to listing. Uh, we have an in-house stager that we can send to the homes. Brokers opens. I think we're going to have to do that again with wine and cheese, just making sure that uh, we, we change as times change. We don't sit there and still think we can put a home on the market and get 20 offers. Uh, definitely implementing whenever you list a property prior, have set up days and times that you have check-ins with the seller because communication is key. So setting up those systems uh, so everyone's happy and they continue to tell everyone what a great job we do and continue to refer us. That's super important there. And I, I, there's a little gem I'm going to pick up from there is um, setting those expectations with sellers. Um, I've spoken to agents outside of, of my brokerage, outside of my team um, that, that, are, that kind of keep saying, oh, you know, I don't do these sellers. They're really impatient. Duh, duh, duh. Um, but that's a huge point um, in a market where things are sitting a little bit longer. The reason I think a lot of times these agents are kind of like worried that they don't have to deal with the sellers. They didn't set the right expectations, right? They didn't tell them, hey, this is what to expect for on market. This is what to expect on me checking in with you because I think in this in the in the Boise Idaho market where I'm at, we've been I want to say blessed but also cursed. It, it was not uncommon for a home to be listed and be sold by Monday. You list on a Thursday or Friday, be sold by Monday. Yeah. All of a sudden, you have agents that have been relatively newly licensed within the last two or three years who are used to that being the standard where it goes in two or three days, and now they don't know what to do after a week because they didn't set the expectations because they haven't seen the experience, right? So yeah, that's huge. Setting yeah. expectations, they know what to expect. Absolutely. And we do that. We talk about the whole process. We talk about how we don't have a crystal ball. Uh, it's just being relatable to these people. We know how long will it take my house to sell? Well, what we have seen based on average days on market, based on your price point, is X amount of days. However, I don't have that crystal ball. Uh, it's a holiday week and, and talking about that, but saying every single Monday, you and I are going to talk at noon. We're going to have a catch up phone call. Um, and then that way they know, okay, Monday's my day to talk to Christina and they're not blowing you up type of thing, you know? And also we have tons of email templates and everything that we tweak, but they're already pre-scheduled to go out to the seller um, ahead of time, you know? hey, you're five days away from closing. Remember to turn your utilities off, you know? 
two days before closing, remember to cancel your insurance once you sign on the dotted line. We have all that already done. So they feel like we're always one step ahead of them on communication. So they're not having to ask us like, oh my gosh, when do I turn off the utilities? Like we already told them. Yeah, that's that's a massive goal for, for my team too over here. I'm, I'm glad you're doing the same stuff. It, it's great when you are the one that has that, that communicates or over communicates because the last times they have questions, the last times they call you too. Not that we don't yeah. want to speak to our clients, but I think the last the worst feeling is thinking that they are ahead of you, right? They're thinking one step ahead as far as utilities and that stuff. If you can get out of the way, it kind of shows your value and it keeps them off your phone too. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> we're busy. We're busy and we're all trying to do more business, sell more homes, grow teams. And if you're having someone call you in a panic, and also it's not a good experience for the seller. If they're like, oh, like, when's closing? Where am I going? And they hadn't already heard that. Like, and a lot of times it's the ancillary businesses, like the title company. They don't hear, sometimes they don't schedule people for closing up like two days or even one day before. We're sending them emails at day 15 being like, hey, when are they scheduled? Which office are they going to? We need to know. We need to know. Um, and honestly, I'm not, I don't work for follow-up boss. I don't get anything from it, but they do have a lot of great tools where you can um, add the appointment in there and then they get texted and email reminders. And then we have, again, all these emails we've put out, it looks like we're really great communicators and we are, but it's a system. It's a system that's already preset. Um, and I think that's the only way that you can replicate that as well. If you're trying to grow a team or anything, you need solid systems that you can replicate. We, we use follow-up boss over here, and I did not know that you could set up a system where it sends the automatic texting stuff. So that is a new one for me. Not I... So well, that is for the appointments. So oh, the okay. appointments, they'll do that. As okay. far as auto-texting, it won't do that. Um, but it will do um, scheduled emails. Like you okay. can auto automate that. We need to look into that on our side for sure. Um, yeah, anytime I can help, let me know. Absolutely. So before we, before we wrap things up here, I wanted to touch on one last point. Um, when we were down at the Rust at Rockstars Mastermind uh, back in May, Matt and Jeremy were talking about uh, not just being an agent, right, and investing. Um, I think the exact terms, it, without context, this might sound bad, guys, but I, I think uh, Matt had said, uh, if you're an agent just working for commission, you're working for tips if you don't invest, right? Now, that, there's more context to it, so please don't take offense. It would just kind of open up my eyes. Uh, what We spoke about it to an extent. What are you doing as far as uh, investment in real estate um, outside of just your kind of production? Absolutely. Uh, that is a huge part. And also why I want to get out of production so I can grow that even more. We currently have, I believe, 13 or 14 rentals, my husband and I. Oh, wow. So uh, we got into it pretty early, but it was by accident. Um, the home We were building another home, the home we lived in. We're like, eh, should we sell it? Should we Airbnb it? We decided Airbnb it and it went really well. So then we uh, put a mother-in-law suite behind the home we built. And then we Airbnb that and we just kind of kept getting more and more slowly. Um, there was really no strategy or vision. Uh, I think a lot of it was just God and being in the right place and just feeling it. You know, we had no formulas on what type of thing we do after doing it for a while. We now kind of do know, Hey, we don't want this type of property. We want that type of property. Uh, we love townhomes. We don't have to deal with the roof. We don't have to deal with the outside. Don't need to deal with grass. Some of the single family homes with all that stuff, it could go bad, but it's been great. Um, you know, we're really hoping, you know, soon enough to have it where we could, if we needed to live off of the rental income alone, and we're getting pretty close to that. So right now, as we speak, our home that we personally live in, in Pensacola is rented out for the five weeks we're gone. So while we're here in France, 
it's completely free for us between the flights, eating out as much as we want, uh, paying for kids summer camp, paying for my French school. Um, it has more than paid for that because we live in a coastal location. And some people think that we are so crazy. But for us, it's like, man, if we can make that type of money, like we're not in the house anyway, we might as well rent it out. Uh, we have a rental management company that if anything happens, they buy you a brand new couch. They buy you a brand new anything if it's messed up. If there are scuff marks on the paint on the walls, we'll pay a handyman to go touch them up for a couple hundred dollars. So for us, it was a win-win um, and it didn't really bother us. So uh, that's huge. That's massive. I mean, we could go on for another hour if you want to on the on the investment side. And a lot of people have kind of flogged it to death. But I like to bring it up for, for, for listeners because it's massive, right? We're in an industry where... Uh, I think for want of a better term, we were almost like inside traders, right? We get opportunities yeah. that, that come across our our desk that the rest of the world don't get to see. And, and I need to remind myself sometimes too, um, you need to take it, you need to take advantage of those. We need to take advantage of that as, as agents is, Hey, we have opportunities here to make life changing um, purchases basically, right? If we know we're getting rental income and we're able to do things like, you know, go off to Europe for five yeah. weeks at cost, at cost free. I mean, it, it sounds too good to be true for a lot, but really it's not. It's a simple, it's a very simple process with a few complicated steps, but it's, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, you can live a relatively free life if you invest in real estate and do the right things. Absolutely. And also for just tax deductions, you know, you got to depreciate that rental. Um, if you, it's an Airbnb, if you're buying furnishings for it, you get to deduct it. If you buy it in a coastal location like Pensacola, I can help you buy it and everything. And then you also have a place you can stay. So there's a lot of like wins from owning rental property. And most of ours were put in the MLS. Like we didn't find special deals, just looking at the hot sheet and going, hmm, this looks like something interesting. I like it. And coming in strong and getting it, uh, just keeping your eyes open because if you're doing real estate full-time, you should know what things rent for. You should be able to look at it in a second and go, okay, it's going to rent for this. Uh, this sounds like a good deal for me. Look at if there's an HOA, quickly do the math and see whether you want to do it or not. I made it a goal for everyone on my team this year to buy their first rental property. I was like, you guys need to do it. And I'm hoping they do. It may not be this year, but it might be in like the next year or so for them. That's awesome. That's great stuff. Well, I'm going to have to try and wrap this up because otherwise we're probably going to go on forever. And I know you've got some more French to learn. So <laughs> I, have, I have been Elliot Hoyt. If anyone's interested in, in connecting with me, uh, best way is through Instagram. And my my uh, at is at Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T underscore Hoyt, H-O-Y-T-E. This has been Christina Leavenworth on the other side of the mic here. Uh, Christina, if people want to reach out to you, if they have questions, if they have referrals or, or anything, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, you can go to Instagram, Christina Leavenworth, um, or look me up on Facebook or just Christina Leavenworth Realtor at gmail.com. And I'm happy to help in any way. And thank you so much, Elliot, for having me on here. Uh, it was so great getting to know you at the mastermind. And I definitely encourage everyone to come to the next mastermind. It was an incredible yes. experience. Yes. Anyone listening right now, uh, the Realistic Rockstars Realistic Rocks Mastermind of 2022 is great. I think 2023 is going to be even better. Um, I took a chance on it. Not to hijack the, the the end here, but I took a chance on it and it's changed the trajectory of a lot of things I've done. Um, I've joined all kinds of different things off of Real Estate Rockstars and met really cool people like Christina. Um, if you guys have the ability to sign up for it next year, I strongly recommend it. It, it, it. Even for someone like myself and Christina, ourselves, who have relative success in the business, I think we could both say it's definitely changed our outlook and given us tools we've done before, right? So. Absolutely. Well, Christina, thanks for joining me. Uh, listeners, thanks for 
bearing through another one of my uh, hosted podcasts and we'll, we'll catch you on the other side. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there so go give us a review also be sure to go to hybendigital.com if you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you so go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.